Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Pulp Hockey Show with Ray Ferraro and Steve Mathis. Support the show by clicking the Amazon banner on PulpHockey.com before shopping. Follow the show on Twitter at Pulp Hockey. Subscribe on iTunes and find us on Stitcher or your favorite podcast app. Welcome everybody to another edition of Pulp Hockey Podcast Show. The great Ray Ferraro. Thank you for listening. Appreciate it. Get it on iTunes. Get it on Stitcher. Get it on PulpHockey.com. Please tell a friend as well. And, uh, yeah, man, we appreciate the reviews. We appreciate the tweets each and every week. And uh, downloads are great. You people are really enjoying it. Probably has nothing to do with me, myself, but, uh, you know, the other, the other guy on the line here. I'm Steve Mathis with me on the phone from Winnipeg, my hometown, Ray Ferraro. What's up, Ray? How are you? I'm uh, doing okay. I, uh, you know, as you... As you know, Steve, like you know, we set up the time to uh, to do the show because mm-hmm. we're never in the same place. And you'll say, "Okay, how about seven a.m. in the West where you live?" And I'm like, "Yeah, perfect. Eight o'clock in Winnipeg, but that's nine o'clock in Winnipeg." <laughs> yes, I, I never get the time right. It's it's really quite remarkable. I've turned into my father, who so year after year would call me in Hartford and start to call up all the time. What time is it there, Raymond? Right. Three hours, three hours in front of you, Dad. And yep. it seems so simple, but now I can't quite get it right. So I went and worked out this morning. Got my workout in, come back, and then ah, I'm just glad jump you... in the shower. But, but you know, you travel a lot. Yeah. The, and this is an old Seinfeld bit, but it, it is really 100% true. The control of the water temperature in the shower is vital to the start of your day. And there are some showers that it's so touchy, you go an eighth of an inch too far and you've scalded yourself. And you go back the other way and you're in Niagara Falls in December. And I was standing outside the tub trying to get in the bloody shower for about three minutes. Right. And I was, I was I'm starting to get sour now. I'm like, <laughs> seriously, it can't be this hard. So that's all my days. Yeah, I agree with you, man. Just can we make it just universal? Can why do you got to pull it? Pull the the shower on. You pull it off the wall towards you, and then you have to go three hundred and sixty degrees to turn the water on. And now you're lost as far as well. Which way is the temperature now? Which yeah, way? It, yeah, it shouldn't be that. It shouldn't be that confusing. But it's beyond me. The other thing yeah. I do is when you have the you know the little nozzle to turn from the tub water to the shower water. Yeah. But sometimes it's a little more complicated than that because there's kind of two shower heads. There's the rain shower and then the the one that comes off the wall. Yep. I can't tell you how many times I've blasted myself in the face <laughs> thinking it's coming out the rain shower. Right, just, right. Or, or this, plumbing and, electric, plumbing and uh, anything electrical is quite beyond me, I think. I got one more. Uh, I, I love to uh, start the shower and, as you said, try to find the right temperature. And then uh, maybe maybe brush your teeth, or, or I just like to get it started before I, before I jump in. And uh, eight times out of ten, the housekeeper at the hotel will have uh, put the uh, stop in, and then next thing you know, I'm standing in water past my ankles. Oh right, because <laughs> you forget to lift it up. Yeah, see, yeah. when I come in, the first thing I do into the room is put the do not disturb. And if I'm in that room for a month, 
there will be nobody in that room until I need a towel. Oh, you're one I of those guys. It. You're one of those guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can't. I want nobody in my room. <laughs> and so I make my own bed. I don't need anybody else to make it. I mean, we got into a thing on Twitter yesterday about loading the dishwasher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I, I mean, there's, in my mind, there's only one way to load the dishwasher, which clearly, of course, is my way. Glasses on the outside, on the top. Mm-hmm. Then you use smaller bowls up top. You fill up the top. Then Cammy's got it. It's like haphazard in there. It's messy. I think you can always get. I think you should be able to get the whole day's dishes in there. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I like to arrange it. There's. I guess I'm. I guess I'm kind of a little bit A-type, I guess, yeah. is really what I'm I, trying to say here. I think you are, uh, but I also, uh, apparently, I do not load, load it correctly either. I just don't. No matter what, I don't. I do not do it right. So it is also a battle in my household as well. Um, okay, here's a question for you. Yeah. Knives, do you put them in the little holder, of course. pointy stuff up or uh, down? No, down. Okay, Cammy's family thinks they go up. No, because you want the water pressure. Yeah, you want the water That's pressure. That's what I think, but I also don't want to get stabbed with the knife. I, I, I don't know. It's a great point, everybody. Welcome to the uh, What's Bugging Ray segment of the show. Um, uh, or are you a bit sour because Sidney Crosby passed you on the all-time goal list last night? I was holding him off. I thought I had a chance. <laughs> And then, uh, actually, Gord Miller took great joy in telling me that Sid had just crossed 405. Yeah. And I was like, right. well, I kind of thought he was already passed. That's kind of an inevitability. The guy I'm trying to hold off now is Marion Gabbert. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think he's at 407. And, and yeah, it's he's looking like a prime buyout guy in the summer. I, you know, I mean, yep, yep. I, I, think, I think I might be able to hold my spot for a few more days anyway. And um, <laughs> Like when Patrick Elias retired, I was like, oh, good, at least I'm tied with him. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. you know, he did. But, yeah, Sid's probably not going to stop at uh-huh. 29 either. Listen, I don't want to pump you up so early in the morning, but you're 88th all time in the NH. Like, all the people since 1911 or whatever that have played the game, you're 88th all time. It's kind of cool. Yeah, the – it's really kind of cool to tell you the truth. Every once in a while, somebody brings it up, and yeah. um, you know, and I kind of know what range I'm in. And you know, looking at where the current guys are playing, I mean, by the time I'm gone, uh, I'll be in the top hundred. Yeah, and yeah. and I'm really because there's not a lot of guys that are in that 350, 300 range that are you know yeah. young enough yet. They're yeah. going to they're not 12 of them anyway. So it's really kind of cool, and I'm, I'm proud of it, and I'm. I'm certain almost nobody knows that other than I broadcast. They don't even really know that I actually could could play a little bit. You know? yeah, right, right. Can you imagine if, uh, you know, the next game you're at, if they took a bunch of the players and said, hey, see that guy right there in between the benches? Yeah, he's 88th all time in the NHL goals. They'd be like, they, uh, honestly, I, I'm convinced most, most of the younger guys just think of me like I used to think of other broadcasters. Like, oh, yeah, there's some old guy that used to play. Yeah. Yeah. And you have no idea right. how good they were. Or Now, I was a hockey geek growing up. Mm-hmm. So, like, when I first met Mickey Redmond, I was like, oh, my God, Mickey Redmond's 50-goal score. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, yeah. I, like right. I, I would know them. A lot of guys would be like, yeah, who's that guy? And right. Like, uh, you know, and you'd tell them, but they didn't know. Yeah. So I'm in there last night in between the benches in Winnipeg, and I haven't done a whole bunch of Jets games. And I'm, I know there's some of the Jets guys skate by, and they're like, well, who the hell is that guy standing there? Yeah, right. 
And I feel like saying the same thing to you or to them. Yeah, who the hell are you anyway? Yeah, exactly. But anyway, I don't. I'm, I'm 88th all time. You should have a... Yeah, don't you know who? I should actually right. bring a little hockey card and just paste it up. Yeah, there. yeah. No, I, I, that's probably not a bad, not a bad idea. There's uh, in, in the sport that I cover, the, the Supercross, Motocross, there's incredible great riders from back in the day that won a bunch of races and, and made a bunch of money. And, and yeah, kids don't, kids don't even know who they are. That don't even know who they are, like from the eighties. Um, it's it's amazing. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but uh, it just seems like seems like more and more. It's almost like the history doesn't count. Yeah, or it's not, or the focus is so much forward. Yep. That they don't they don't realize what happened in front of them. But what surprises me is most of the guys my age, we were real fans growing up, right? And I don't know if the kids today are as much fans of teams or players as they were, you know, were in the past. That there was, you know, we didn't see all the games. Yeah. So there, you know, we would romanticize playing in the Montreal Forum or the or Maple Leaf Gardens or the Boston Garden. And I think the kids now are so familiar with it all because of, you know, all the games are on TV. Yeah. Um, they have all this access to, to seeing different content with the players online or they go to YouTube and watch top ten goals over yeah. and over and over again. Um, so I, I think they probably just get kind of numb to who played in front of them. I, you know, like, I, I don't even, not even as long ago as I retired. I retired in 2002, but even guys that retired, I don't know, eight, ten years ago, I bet you a lot of the players will, won't even be familiar with. No. Yeah, I mean, I, you're not, you're never mind 2002. Yeah, you're right. Uh, it, it's, uh, it's a weird deal, for sure. Um, all right, well, you're in Winnipeg. Called the game last night, Bruins Jets. Uh, the Bru- the Predators Jets game on Sunday was fantastic. Jets are uh, back involved in another overtime shootout game with the Bruins. They're they're both great games. Jets are are fun, man. They're a fun team to watch. They're fun. They're incapable of playing a dull game. It seems like. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I'm after watching last night. You've got to take into account. You know, they're missing Enstrom. They're missing Truba. Uh, and Kulikov's not coming back this year, but they're missing those two defensemen. Yep. Um, and, and that matters for the way they play without the puck and stuff. I wonder if they play a little bit too haphazardly at times, if that costs them in the playoffs, right. or if they're just good enough that they'll drag other teams into that style of game. Because if they do, mm-hmm. there's not many teams that are going to beat Winnipeg. If, if Hellebuck holds up, yep. Um, and two of the goals went through him last night. Um, but I'm not overly concerned. He's had such a fabulous year that I think he's going to be fine. But they they give up at times some really dangerous stuff. Yet, when I look at the game last night, they were totally in control until Josh Morrissey took that five-minute boarding penalty. It was a stupid play. He should get suspended for it. Um, he hit Matt Greswick uh, from the side behind yeah. he drove his head into the boards. Uh, Gretzlick is, is didn't return. He's clearly got a concussion or certainly, you know, yeah. I guess they sometimes call it concussion like symptoms or whatever that means. Sure. Concussion. I mean, he left the game. He never came back. Um, and, you know, Boston ended up scoring two power play goals and then they got a third power play goal and the thing went to overtime. But, uh, you know, but Boston is doing this too and they don't have, Chara and McAvoy on their defense, and they played the third period without Greslick. So that's yep. three of their top six D uh, that were out. And then up front, it doesn't sound like Rick Nash is anywhere close. 
Oh, really? Uh, it's not even. Okay. It's not even skating, um, and they're not really talking about it. So that oh. makes you think. Yeah. Not very good. Um, but the Brusk uh, is starting to skate. David Backus is going to play this week. Um, I would think towards the end of the week, um, uh, whether it's Thursday, I don't know, or maybe Saturday, um, they'll get they'll get him back. Um, so the Bruins are doing it without yeah. a big chunk of their team. Um, by the way, they just signed Chara to a one-year extension. Oh, they did? Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, he just, just announced now. So uh, $5 million and uh, 1.7 he can make in bonuses. And so uh, his, he had a terrific year, and they'll bring him back for another one. Yeah. Uh, they are one back of Lightning with a game in hand, and and you're right. They're they're also doing it um, a little bit. One of those stories where you're just like uh, the, the, the 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 whole of their parts are just great. They just play a great game, yeah. you know. And you're just they do. And and don't forget, um, they're gonna they're gonna play Tampa twice more. They play Tampa on Thursday mm-hmm. in Boston. So Boston flew home last night after the game, um, and then they'll have today off. Morning skate, and then they play Tampa on Thursday. I, I assume that'll be a, an awesome game. Getting back to the uh, the game last night that that you uh, you called, it was great. Uh, Danton Heinen goal. The review went. There was an offside review on that goal. Um, it certainly looked like it went out of the uh, zone, Ray. But I think there was nothing that showed it went out. But I I assumed it went out by every angle I saw, and that you probably saw. Um, but I guess if you can't see it, then that's it. That, I mean, that's a that's a review that I'm 100 percent fine with and is needed in the game. Just don't give me the you know the skate off the ice, uh, and, you know, and all the right. you know. Don't give me those. Now, now last night um, there were a couple of reviews. Of reviews. Yep. Uh, Brandon Tanev's first goal was reviewed, um, and they they called it a goal on the ice. Now the the mistake that was probably made. Um, was the official didn't emphatically enough point to a goal. But they announced the call on the ice is a goal. So everybody in the building knew that was a goal. I don't know if everybody watching mm-hmm. knew. So then, as soon as they announce it or signal it's a goal, the review has to show conclusively that the puck didn't go in yep. for them to reverse the call. Yep. Now, when... We watched it. We watched that review, I don't know how many times, 10 times. <laughs> and in only a couple can you actually see the puck. Hudobin's glove seems to be, when he makes contact with the puck, seems to be in front of the line. But you can't see. Yeah. So I'm fine with that goal counting. I, because the call yeah, they call the, the ice, goal. right. Yep. Now, t- today, Wednesday, this is when the rule changes and the retired officials... Uh, Don Van Massenhoven, Rob Schick, uh, Bill McCreary, uh, I think Kerry Fraser. I'm not sure who else. There, one of them will be in the review. Will be in the video room, and they will make the final call um, on a video review. So they'll take it out of the ref's hands, and the same guy will review all the goals that yeah. night. So I, I think. I think I like that. We'll get some consistency, right? We'll get a guy right. who has an idea in his mind of what it is, and he'll be consistent with that call. Correct. And so that's the goal call. Now, the offside call, the linesman called the play onside, obviously, yep. because the play yeah, can right. Yep. Um, in between him and where the puck was were two players right in his eye line. Right. 
So I think sometimes we we think, man, the guy's standing right on the line. He can see clearly. But sometimes there's traffic between him and the puck, and that happened. Yep. The, the linesman that did not make the call came over um, during the next commercial break, and Maurice had a running dialogue with these guys. Paul Maurice, the Jets coach, had a running dialogue with these guys all night. And he's yeah. pretty sarcastic funny. So right. I, I was actually quite entertained. And the linesman said, look, the puck's up on edge, and it's, and it's spinning. It's not flat. And he said, so it's really impossible or difficult to tell whether did the puck spin and it was all out of the line or yeah. was part of it touching the line. It was really a, really a sticky call. So now two things happen. One is the, the Jets broke down after that, and somehow Heine gets the puck 25 feet in front of the net. Yeah. And his shot goes right through yep. Hellebuck, so it's a goal. Then they challenge. They lose the challenge. Now they're shorthanded again before the delay of game. Yep. Because Morrissey had taken a five-minute major, that turned it into a five-on-three. And Pasternak scored to make it 4-3. Yep. Or to make it 3-3. Three, 3-3, three three, three. yep. And so it was, it's a double whammy. You call for that offside, you better be right. Because if not, you're shorthanded again. And to make matters worse for Winnipeg, it was the worst scenario because they already were shorthanded. Yeah. Uh, it, now the linesman on the, on the bench side, obviously it's not his call to make. He's not on the line. But he didn't see it, clearly. He, he can come in and be like, hey, no, that was out. Right? Or he can do that. No, because they've got – well, yeah, but they've got to review it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they can, they can have a discussion. They do have a discussion. Right, right. Um, they um, – uh, as they get over there and one guy puts the headset on, they have the discussion of what they saw. Yeah. And so that helps form the opinion. Yeah. Um, that they talked to the the league about on the on the headset. I just wasn't sure. It was, like it's not it was a yeah. wild game. Though. Yeah, it was. Wild. It was. Yeah, it had everything. It had Tanev getting a hat trick. It had everything. Well, yeah, that that <laughs> won't happen anytime soon. <laughs> um, yeah. If you if if my opinion was that puck was out out of the line, I I I, I really believe that by looking at all the angle of the, of that I saw, but it didn't show it. So that's it. That's that's the bottom line. Their their angle. Their cameras. Right. Didn't show it, but I think that puck did come out. But what are you going to do? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think in both cases the review process probably worked the way it was supposed sure. to work. Yeah, it doesn't mean that people are going to like what the call is. And yep. one worked against Boston; they ruled it a goal, and one worked for Boston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it I don't know why it happens like that, but it happens like that a lot. Where it seems. I don't even know what the right, right, probabilities right. of that crap is, but it seems to work out. Um, but I, I, I'm not a huge fan of reviewing 82 plays a game, but I think in the cases of last night, they yeah. they did the best they could, and they kept the calls on the ice, which lots of people want anyway. They, a lot of people you hear saying, like, why don't we just get rid of the review, which will never happen. But they say, get rid of the review and let them decide on the ice. Well, as it turns out, both calls that were made on the ice stood. Yep. So I don't have a problem with it. Have you, uh, have you been canvassing uh, the, some refs, current refs now, about this, the new uh, review process that came out of the GM meetings? And are they happy? No, you know what? I haven't, I okay. haven't run across anybody. I can't imagine um, they're thrilled. No. But I will say they're probably much happier 
that they're talking to an official on the phone as opposed to somebody from the league. Yep. And the reason that would be, uh, more than anything, is there is a feeling that when you're talking to somebody from the league, you're talking to one of your bosses. Mm. And if your boss gives you a direction, it sure. takes a lot of courage to go against it. Right. And this way, you're talking to a ref who stood there and knows what it's like to hear the review end and then skate out in a whole crowd and say, oh, yeah, by the way, this call is going to stick it to your team. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Right. Uh, like, it yep. takes a lot of courage to do that. Yep. And I, I, I believe, given the review process is here to stay, I think they would rather talk to an official than somebody from the league. Yeah, probably, right? Um, hey, Kyle Connor is going to lead all rookies in goals uh, before the end of the year. He most likely will. He probably will get a be the top three in the Calder voting. I don't know if he's if if he'll uh, win. Oh, I don't know about that. Really? I mean, okay. Well, well, should he be? I mean, he's he's okay. Here's here's the problem this year for the heart, the MVP, and the rookie. Yep. Is there's really really a lot of qualified guys. So of course you got Barzell. Yeah, he's yeah. You've got Brock. You've got Brock Besser, right? Besser's in the top three for sure. Clayton Keller's got sixty-one points in in Phoenix. Charlie McAvoy was playing top pair minutes before he hurt his knee. And then you've got Kyle Connor. So I mean, there's five guys, I, I think, that are all qualified to be in the top three. And so when we go do our ballots, I mean that's. You know, people wanted to, or the writers voted to have transparency, so you're going to see how everybody yeah, voted. Yeah, yep. And the one thing that I will stress as we get closer to voting is it's important to vote for somebody is not a vote against somebody else. Yeah. You know, like, I, if I don't vote for Kyle Connor, that doesn't mean I'm voting against him. What I'm saying is, man, Kyle Connor plays with Mark Shifley and Blake Wheeler, and Kyle... and and um, Clayton Keller plays with a little bit of a different cast. And Keller's got 61 points, maybe as high as 65 by the time the season's over. You know, that's, I, I think you have to take into consideration a little bit more than just where he is. Now, goals mean more than assists to me. Yep. They always will. Um, and so that's another thing I'll try and, try and weigh in. Besser's going to miss a quarter of the season, though. You know, that's who Besser. Yeah, yeah, he's got twenty nine goals. No, I know, I know. So that means that means your boy Connor wouldn't been within a wouldn't have been within a mile of. Well, we'll see where Connor ends up. He maybe he's on a roll right now. Uh, No, but I'm just saying you're saying he missed the quarter of the season. Yeah. So you got to give Besser another six goals. Oh yeah. Twenty games. Yeah. Oh for sure. So that would have been thirty five. Yeah. No, I I got it. I'm just not getting. um, Connor. Connor's not getting to thirty-five. No, probably not. Um, it's a it's a good it's a good rookie race, and and you're right, Connor. I mean, he has he, yeah he has played with some good guys all year long, and you look at Besser supporting no, he's class. With some great. He's played with some great guys. You look at Barzell supporting cast necessarily. You know, he's obviously um, got some uh, good guys here and there, and, and Island. I, I think Barzell's just too far out in front of the pack. You okay. know, like he, yeah, yeah. he built up enough of a yep. You know, a, a media cushion. If that's the only thing that matters, he's built up a right. enough of a cushion to, for me anyway, to say, yeah, you know what, he's, you know, he he'll be the guy that I vote for. Right, right. 
Hometown bias, Vancouver, everybody. No, I'm just kidding. I'm joking. Oh, yes, that's it. Yeah. You, you know me. I, yeah. cheer, I cheer for guys. Oh, you can tell every week you're just pounding the Canucks drum every week. <laughs> um, I'm just happy that I'm not there watching them right now. Yeah. Most times you're like, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know why they yeah, said Well, they, they did get, uh, you know, they did get a, a little bit of, um, a little bit of uh, a, some exciting news. They signed Adam Gadette. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, uh, the, was the top goal scorer in college hockey, so he's going to play. I think he might play Thursday mm-hmm. uh, for his debut. They're very excited about uh, Elias Pettersson. He's coming, Jonathan yeah. Allen, yep. who are going to come next year. Um, you've got Horvat. You've got Besser coming back. You know they're happy with Bertanen's progress. Like they, there actually is some signs of oh gee, there might be some light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. The problem is. All that light is all forwards. None of it is on the blue line. Yep, true. And uh, you know you're not gonna. That's not gonna. It's not gonna get it done. Something like I that. wanted to ask you about because uh, I know you've got some some insight to this. And so Blake Wheeler got in a fight this week uh, with a, with a teammate in practice. I forget who it was. Yeah, ben Chirot. Ben Chirot. Okay. And uh, it was all fine. Or whatever. Afterwards, they, they, you know, everyone was having a good laugh. Apparently, on the team and everything, but. Specifically, teammates fighting in practice. What's your take on this? What's the worst one you've seen? Does it can it break up a room a bit, or is it always laughed at afterwards? And everyone, you know, they buy each other a beer afterwards. Like, what's your what's your experience with teammates fighting in practice? Well, most of the time, it's you know, it's over before it starts. The guys will kind of jump in and separate the guys now it's a little different now i mean everything's different than it used to be when if if two guys were going at it in front of the net on a power play and mm-hmm. they were so pissed off at each other they dropped their gloves well guys would let them fight and then eventually they would break it up because that was like their business yeah and so you just kind of stand around and you'd be <laughs> like man look at these dummies they're sitting here fighting in practice and right and it's over and you're still mad at the guy you just fought him and then Shortly thereafter, somebody gives somebody a pat on the pads, and oh well, that's kind of the all the anger's gone, and okay, whatever happened is over. And um, I got into a little fight, and I say little fight because none of my fights were were very good anyway. But um, with a teammate, Brad Shaw, who's the assistant coach in Columbus, mm-hmm. and um, we we're you know we hung out all the time away from the rink, and I'm not even really sure what happened. Next thing I know, we fought, and yep. I'm sure everybody was laughing because it would have been a terrible fight because Brad was no better a fighter than me. Sure. And I get home for dinner, and my wife at the time says, yeah, Brad and Mary, are, his wife, are coming over for dinner tonight. I'm like, oh, fantastic. <laughs> Great. Just, we just fought at practice. And she's like, well, should I cancel? And I'm like, well, no, it would be fine. And came over for dinner. I mean, like, it, it's over, and the guys actually, once everybody's separated and nobody's hurt, yep. it's kind of funny. Right. You're like, it. We're on the same team, guys. Right. It's a practice drill. Like, what the hell are we doing? And so it ends as quickly as it starts. Um, I, you know, I don't recall any being just absolute battles on the ice. Yeah, I was going to say, um, how bad did one get, or did you hear about one, or did you did you see? One I, I remember. Well, I saw one, Steve Thomas and Adam Creighton fought. Uh, we were in New York, and the funny part was they had just been traded together from Chicago right. to New York for Brent Sutter. And so they were on the same team at Chicago. 
They were on the same flight. They were on the same line. They were living in the same hotel. And something happened in practice, and they just had enough of each other, and they fought. And then it was over, and then everybody moved along. Creighton's got about six inches on Thomas. Probably. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, not I, more. I've seen Adam a couple of times. Uh, he lives around the Tampa area. He's uh, an excellent pro scout for the Bruins. He's also <laughs> a one handicap, which is uh, right. just some good playing on the golf course for him. But he is a tall dude. Yeah. Huh. But it was a good one, those two. It was a pretty yeah. good one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I just I always wonder about that. <laughs> it's such a – like it's like Bob and Jeff in accounting. Again, well, like, I, I was just going to say, right. I was just going to say, Steve, now just think of that, of the, t- of the things that people don't quite understand about pro sports, <laughs> right. you know, is like, you can fight a guy at practice, and then you're, you're still on the same team, and nobody really harbors any bitter feelings, it's just kind of like it's, yeah. it's over. Like, could you imagine some guy at work, and you having a debate about something? And you tell the guy to F off. Like, seriously, not like, hey, beat it. Yeah. You tell him, yeah. F you. Right. Right? Well, that happens all the time. And then that's fine, and it's finished, and you continue on. Like, that. that is not acceptable in the business world. No, it is and, not. And I actually found it really odd and a little awkward when I started working in broadcasting. Mm-hmm. And I started at ESPN, and then I went to Sportsnet, and just being around a workplace as opposed to a dressing room. Right. There's a hell. There's a hell of a lot less swearing. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, nobody's walking up to the garbage can to spit their chew in the garbage can. <laughs> you know, in the middle of the office, like it's it's just yeah. a weird. Nobody's weird hey, place. nobody's changing in front of you. Nobody's just yeah, stripping no, down. No group. Group change or group shower, you know, right, like right. It, it is a little different. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Bob, let's go hit the showers. Yeah, <laughs> right. you done for the day? Right. <laughs> let's go take a. No, call. it's so bizarre to me. It is very bizarre that whole culture. Absolutely. Um, and then, like you said, with the fights, just like Jesus, you guys. Um, yeah. Oh. So, but they, they, you know, fights yeah. over, moving along. Yeah, yeah. So you've never really seen it. You know, I, was, I guess I, one of the questions I had was, could it get really bad, but nothing that you've seen or heard or whatever? Like, Not like that. Yeah. There are times yep. where guys don't fight and they hate each other. Yeah. But, you know, you got 20 guys living together, traveling together, eating mm-hmm. together, and not everybody gets along. Right. Yeah. No, absolutely. So the playoff races are, are pretty narrow, narrowed down now. Um Dallas is the team. They're still alive, but they won the other night finally to break this streak. But um, they're not looking good to get it. And I'm very surprised, Ray. I, I thought Hitchcock was coming in. They, under Lindy Ruff, they were pretty loose defensively. Uh, their goaltending wasn't great. They got some help with that. Hitch came in, and I had him pegged for the playoffs. But um doesn't look good for that for them. They're, they're still got a chance, like we said. But uh, surprised? Oh, major disappointment. Yeah. Major disappointment. I you know, they went out and they spent some money on Ben Bishop, a six-year, $29.5 million contract. And he's been better than what they had. But, you know, he's not hes not given them rock-solid goaltending. Now, i am I was a little – I had stepped off the Bishop bandwagon, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, towards the end of his time in Tampa, I thought he got a little loose. Lots of pucks were getting past him. Then he went to L.A., and that didn't really work out. Because no. I'm not really sure what L.A. was thinking anyway. But, yep. you know, it just didn't seem to work out. 
And so, of course, Dallas thinks that they're getting the bishop of, you know, the good bishop. Yep. And he's been good, but he's not been great. He gives up a lot of goals that make you go, oh, gee, you probably should have stopped that. They've been a team that trying to transition to a new defensive system. They went from like the late 20s, 28, 29, to 10th in goals against. But they don't seem committed. They don't seem inspired. They don't. I've seen them three or four times this year, and mm-hmm. each game I've come away, Steve, and been really disappointed. Thinking, the same as you had mentioned, I thought they were going to be better. I thought there was going to be more here. And they've got some excellent players. Radulov, Ben, Sagan, now... Uh, is a terrific line. Hitchcock has spent most of the year with those guys together, but he's also breaking them up. He's looking for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Now, Jason Spetz is not able to contribute anymore. No. So they've got a $7.5 million contract. What the hell do you do with that? Um, you know, there, there is, I, in my mind, they're as big a disappointment as anybody. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I, and you know what? Honestly, uh, Neil is going to be a little bit under the gun here, I think. Uh, Jim Neal, the GM, and maybe yeah. Hitch might get thrown back overboard. You know, just he's not he's a short timer, anyways. I think he's older, and you know, I think it's. It, it, I just don't think he might he might not survive. To me, what do you think? Well, I don't know how long his contract was. Um, you know, you, you've got to take into consideration if if he had a three year contract. If you're the owner, Tom Gallardi, do you want to pay Hitch two years to not coach? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And then hire a new coach and have to pay him too. But Dallas is, this was an important year for Dallas. I mean, it's a tough market for them. And I think a lot of people were really excited that Hitchcock came back. Um, but you're in the Dallas Cowboys market. You know, you're in the Texas Rangers market. You've, you've got to be relevant. You've got to win a little bit anyway. And Dallas has missed the playoffs too many times. It's a couple years in a row now yep. uh, where they've missed. And, uh, I'm I'm with you. I think there'll be significant change in Dallas. I don't know if it'll include the coach, but I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. What what do they do with Spezza? He hasn't fit in all year. He's got that number, like you said. I he's almost like he's so, he's like an anti-hitch guy, but he's older too. So you know, I don't track them as close as you do. But does he have anything left, or is this just, or could this just be a coach player not fitting together, and Jason can move on and be a contributor? on another team under another coach, or do you think it's it's running out of gas? No, I I, I don't think there's there's more there. Yeah. Um uh, I I don't know what they're gonna do because yeah, I don't know what they can they, do. They've either. really got two they've really <laughs> right. got two options, Steve. Is one is they buy them out and so that means you take half the contract oh boy. and spread it over twice double yeah. or two thirds of the contract rather. Uh, which is roughly $5 million, and spread it over twice the length of the contract. So you would take $5 million, spread it over two years, that's roughly $2.5 million that comes off your cap. And then that's a ghost way. Yeah. Um, now, the cap is going to rise, apparently, um, uh, about 6 or $7 million, so that would take up part of that chunk. The second way is they could take a one-time cap hit of about of half the money, which is the most you could take back in a trade mm-hmm. if you can find somebody else yep. that's interested in Spets at 3.75. And and that those are really the two options. Yep. It'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, so St. Louis and Jake Allen, who was I, – I read uh, on the in The Athletic 
Jeremy Rutherford wrote a column. I mean, he wrote basically threw dirt on their grave uh, a week ago or whatever. It's just like this. They got no energy. That they're not going anywhere. Oh, they were dead. Jake Allen. I, I read it. And I'm like, yeah, they're in it. Right. Man. They, right. The goalie can't stop the puck. They got a bunch of injuries. They lost Gunnarsson for the season. They're dead. They're finished. Yeah. Except, uh oh, they're not. Yeah, six in a row, eight and two in their last ten, and uh, now they're in the ins- they, they, they got a wild card spot. Oh God, Ray, this this, this, this we, sh- we can't you can't proclaim anybody out of it or whatever. You know, we talk about this all the time. It's such well, a long well, year. you can, you can, um, but you better <laughs> better be ready to get bit in the ass on on one of your predictions. Yeah, like I I honestly had gotten to the point with St. Louis, and don't forget they traded Paul Stastny yeah. at the deadline. Yep. And I was like, you know what, they probably looked and said, if we make it, we make it, but we're not really a Stanley Cup contender. We're kind of the, the push is over. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, how the hell did Jake Allen become the second star of the week? Yep. Right? Like yeah, he, he yeah, had a, no, yeah. Or first star of the week. He had an amazing week. Now all of a sudden he looks like the guy that they were counting on again. And so um, a real strange circumstance. I wouldn't have thought it was no. Uh, um, was possible when you trade a guy like Stastny and you you get nothing back, you know, and the players are disappointed. You fully expected everything to just to cave in, you know. But yeah, no, they they're in, they're in a wild card spot right now. Colorado is out, uh, and who knows? They could end up missing. But that right now is the, well, best. I mean, the, yeah. the thing is, it's funny. All this time we play all this time, and there's five or six games left, and look at how much could happen for four or five teams. Yep. Like it, it's still it's still pretty good. And on the uh, on the East, uh, Florida is out right now, three points back. Uh, they got a couple games in hand on the Devils, but it's it's going to be most likely Jersey or Florida getting that last wild card spot in the East. So it'll be interesting. Looks like it. And, and how? Okay. So speaking of oddities, if I would have told you that Corey Schneider would have won not one since December in goal, would you think they would have a chance? No, yes. Exactly. Yeah. But Keith Kincaid has been brilliant in goal. He's taken over the number one spot. He yep. plays every game. And the Devils have fought their way back into it. Uh, Taylor Hall is in my heart trophy consideration for sure. Yep. Had an amazing year. Um, by the way, every time I say Keith Kincaid, yep. do you not think of Ruben Kincaid, the manager of the Partridge family? <laughs> no, before my time. No. Oh, see, now no. for me. Ruben Kincaid, he held the band together. <laughs> just a bunch of kids and the mom, for crying out loud. Ruben did it all. So every time, if you're 50 years old, you know who Ruben Kincaid is. <laughs> Keith Kincaid. Wasn't there a baseball player with similar name back in the day? Kincaid or, or something? I thought. I, I, that's oh, all that's I got. A little, that's a little wide. Yeah, Wasn't there a player who, once? Right, the last name can get maybe. I don't know. That's a little bit of an odd name, but no, you're right. It's uh, it's one of those years, man. Um, you just, you you just we we talk about it weekly on the show, and this guy's out of it, and that's out of it, and we think this is going to happen, and we think that, and then all of a sudden, whoa, wait, no, it's not going to happen. It's the beauty of the NHL. Um, Casey Middlestat, who really impressed at the juniors, you've been talking about him for a while. He looks like he's 15 years old, by the way. Um, but he signed a deal out of college with the Sabers. What, what what can he do, right? I mean, you you've been stoked on this guy. You've been very very yep. uh, complimentary on on him. What do you think he can do? Well, when we talked earlier about the Canucks hopefully seeing some light at the end of the tunnel, this is what Middlestat does for them. Uh, he's sneaky big. He's about two hundred pounds. He's around six foot or maybe six one. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's pretty easy to see the Sabres with a one-two center position of Eichel and Middlestat. Yep. And so you go, wow, it, that's not bad. The problem is they don't have anywhere near enough around them. But he is uh, he's slick. He is uh, a dynamic player uh, in the ability to separate himself from other players. I think a lot of a lot of people use the word dynamic, and they don't even really know what it means. To me, dynamic is you're in a position on the ice. You can separate from the pack and make a play that other people just can't make. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes like David McDavid or Matthews Matthews or uh, Crosby does it. You know, that power to pull away, uh, to get to a position that other people can't get to. That's what I find Middlestat could do against the players he's playing against. Now there's going to be an adjustment here yeah. to the NHL, but uh, I, think he's a, I think he's a really good player. Very, very skilled. Um, now don't forget as well with him, we often talk about being patient with players and, oh, you gotta, you know, you got to yeah. have a little extra time for these young guys. Middlestat got drafted out of high school. Right? He didn't go to college when he could have. He decided, which a lot of players do, they fast-track their courses for grade 12, and they, they move along into college early. Middlestat wanted to stay and play in the high school hockey tournament one more time. Mm-hmm. And so, which is, maybe people don't understand it, it is enormous in the state of Minnesota. So Middlestat stayed in the high school, got drafted eighth overall out of high school, played one year at Minnesota, and now is left. So things have moved pretty quickly. You know, two years ago at this time, or 18 months ago, you know, he's playing in high school. And so now he's going to be playing in the NHL. So I think you have to, you know, fans have to have a little bit of patience with him. Yeah, I feel like uh, we've been doing the show for a couple of years. I feel like you've been talking about him for a while as far as, I mean, because you're so involved in the World Junior Tournament and you've been talking about him and, and loving him, you know, as a player. But again, it's a big jump to the NHL. But... It's somebody that can help Buffalo, and they need it. Oh, no, I've done a couple yeah. of their games in the last couple of weeks. They, yes, they do need it. They need a lot of it. Although they beat the Maple Leafs the other night. just There's something about the Sabres. The Leafs just can't quite ever dominate. Well, yeah. You know what? It's, it's funny. When I was with the Islanders and our team was moving, you know, in the 91-92 mm-hmm. season, um, you know, we wouldn't make our run for until the end of 93. But – we were no good. You know, we were just yeah. kind of putting a bunch of players together. And we always played the Rangers tough. We beat them a lot. Right. And we were no good. Yeah. And when I went to the Rangers, you know, this Ranger-Islander rivalry, what I found was the Islanders viewed the Rangers as the big brother, as the most important game on the schedule. And the Rangers looked at the Islanders like, eh, yeah. it's just the Islanders. Right, exactly. And so I think that same thing happens Toronto and Buffalo. Could be, could be. Uh I tweeted about this uh, yesterday or the day before. It looks like Connor McDavid just decided, Ray, that oh, you know what? I do want the Art Ross Trophy. I do want this trophy. I'm just I, I got it last year. I want it again because uh, he is on a roll, and and I, I like his odds to 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 um, to get it. Uh, Kucherov has been leading the league for I think 65 percent of the season or something in points, but McDavid's just zoomed by him now, and he just yeah, he wants the trophy. He's going to get it. Well, I I don't know when he kicked it into gear, but holy smokes, it is. Yeah, it's, it, it's another gear that other that's just not available to right. most people, to almost every other person. I was, He's had an amazing run. I Oilers. I talked. We talked about which teams we like to watch, and I mentioned the Oilers. I always watch Oilers games, and I got to admit, I 
I, I'm cheating on them this year a little bit. I haven't watched as many Oilers games because they just they're it's just terrible. And I went to I saw that they came to town my first time seeing McDavid here in Vegas, and he was terrible. He was terrible, right? Or you know the whole team Doesn't was. That suck? And Doesn't I, that suck? Oh. My favorite player now different level. Yeah. In 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 different sport, but my favorite player was Jim Rice mm-hmm. at the Red Sox. Yeah. The first time I get to see the Red Sox at Fenway, I mean, I'm so pumped. Like, not just because it's Fenway, but, man, I get to watch Jim yeah. Rice. He struck out three times. I'm like, oh, man, just put the bat on <laughs> right, the wall, right, please. Just right. for me, just, not for you, for me. Yeah. Because you only get so many chances to see them live. Right. I, I'm with you. Steve. Yeah. That sucks. yeah. That sucks when your guy comes or somebody you're super excited to watch. And yep. Yep. it's just not their day. And no. Like, oh, that sucks. I was pointing out to the wife. I'm like, just watch this. Watch this, dude. You know, she knows about him, obviously. But I'm like, just watch. And, dude, he did nothing. Nothing. And yep. uh, the team did nothing either around him. But uh, anyways. Well, yeah. I, I, I'm with you. The, uh, the the Oilers used to be an exciting team to watch. Now it's just watching McDavid. Maybe a little dry yep. sidle. Yep. But, yep. You know the the teams I like. Uh, you know I like Nashville. I uh, to watch. Yeah. You know just yep. when I say I like them, I, as you know, I could care less. Yeah. yeah no. um, but I want to be entertained. Mm-hmm. Winnipeg entertains me. Yep. Nashville entertains me. I never thought I'd ever 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 say this. Jersey entertains me. Yeah. Maybe like that. That. Yeah. That's like a statement from the mid '90s that is just not. No. Possible. No. Maybe Jersey I need. Jersey entertains me. Maybe I need to try Jersey some. Some jersey on the on. The, I haven't done much jersey. Uh, I, I think you yeah, should. They yeah. skate there. Yeah. They're really super fast. Hall and Hishier is a very very good player. I I like watching them, and I even when I say it, Steve, I'm, I'm like, really? <laughs> right. I like that. Now I like the way Boston and Tampa play. Yeah, like, Tampa's great. They're, yeah, they're exciting and fun to watch. Um, Philly's a train wreck in goal, so they're. There's always lots going on when Philly plays, yeah, and yeah. Colorado with McKinnon has been has been super fun to watch too. But yep. there's a lot of teams that look about the same. Yeah, I agree. Yep, I agree. And the Islanders are fun to watch for a lot of those reasons that you just talked about. Philly, the Islanders are well, fun I've to got, watch too. I've got the Islanders Friday. Oh, and, they do. Um, yeah. man, oh man, that yeah. uh, that did, did they go? Did they go into the pit? Yeah, yeah, big time, big time. Um, all right, so uh, I meant to bring this up last week's show, but uh, we didn't get to it. There's an article on The Athletic about your process in recording uh, the analyst role for the EA Sports NHL game. And I, I, I do play some video games, but I, I don't play the hockey one, strangely enough. But um, it looks like a real cool process. You tweeted it out the other day, and the article goes into into detail about how you sort of, you're able to ad- ad-lib some stuff. And when you and I talk here and there in the summer or here and there during the season, it seems like you're dipping in there, here and there, to finish your lines, right? Um, talk about this process a little bit, how much you enjoy it. Well, um, so they came to me and asked if I'd like to be involved in the game, and I, you know, I, I play the game with my kids. I'm terrible at it. And, right. You know, when I started, my six-year-old was beating me. Can I just... So you can imagine, he, he's gotten better. Right. And... And I haven't, so he just throttles me now. The older guy never had a chance. And then, yep. of course, my older boys, you know, they just laugh. But I, like, I can't even remember which is pass and which is shot. Yeah. So, like, I have no chance. Anyway, 
So they asked if I would do it, and I said, yeah, I don't really know how it happened. So we talked about it. Uh-huh. So five times a year, I go into a suburb of Vancouver, Burnaby, it's called, and uh, EA Sports has their headquarters there. And so we go in. It's a beautiful campus. They got, you know, upstairs they have this this huge eating area, cafeteria for all their employees. They have, um, you know, they have like kind of a merchandise area. They have uh, an area where guys can go in and hang out and play. Guys and girls can go in and hang out and play games. You see people walking around with their dogs. Oh, wow. You know, like it's a really casual place, right? And so the guys, the computer uh, creative people, they have keys. They can come at any time. Okay. So like if, if they can't sleep and they go, ah, you know what, I feel like going to do, or they have an idea, yeah. they just go in. They might be in there at 2 o'clock in the morning. Out in the back, they have, like, a soccer field and they have a huh. huge gym that they have intramural sports. Like, it's really, a, Neat. I think, a really fun place to be around. Uh, if you got to go to work, that yeah. seems like a pretty good place to go. So I don't do any of that. I go in, we get a coffee and a water. I go downstairs to this booth um, with a there's, – there's two rooms. One's the booth that I'm in. Mm-hmm. Got a headset, a computer screen, and a chair, and a little table for my water. And the other booth has got all the, uh, uh, the boards, you know, for the yeah. sound and yeah. levels and all that stuff. And so I go in, we BS around a little bit. I go in, and then I, the topic comes up on the screen, and I think for a second, and then we start going. And I try and come up with something creative with the scenario that has been presented. Right. And we do that for two to three hours, and then we break for lunch, and then go back and knock off another two hours. And I do that five times a year, and I might come back another time or two uh, to update if they want something updated. They're awesome people to work with. I've really, really enjoyed it. Um, It's it's funny. It's not, like, by any stretch. It's not physically demanding at all. Um, But mentally, you come out of there, and you're just worn away. Like, it is is hard to – I don't – I don't view myself as a really creative guy. Um, they they seem to think, you know, they, they like the way that I'm able to create scenarios um, and, and able to, you know, to, to pile the material in, as they call it, refill the bucket. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's all kind of foreign to me. I talk, somehow it ends up in the game. That's way beyond <laughs> me. Like, one of the cool things, Steve, I would say, is so I'll do, um, say it's a, a shot. It'll say shot from a scoring area, and the goalie makes the save. Okay. And they'll, but they'll want me to do it five different, you know, five or six different scenarios. Oh, okay. But the cool part is, so I'll say it, um, say I'm doing it with Crosby. Mm-hmm. And so I'll say, I'll have to use Crosby because what they're really getting is his name and the way it ends so they can stitch it they, they put into it all various together. scenarios. Sure, yeah, yeah, right. Okay, and then I'll do have to do three or four with Spezza because that ends with a vowel. And then I'll have to do three or four with somebody that ends in an S. Oh, yeah, sure, right, right. Because they're all different. 
And then, again, what happens once I say it, yeah. I'm not really sure. Yeah. But <laughs> they'll, it, it, all, it comes out, that's why, that's why the names pop up in the right spots. Which is just astounding. Yeah, yeah that, that part. To them, it's a computer program, and they, oh, yeah, it makes perfect sense. They explained it to me once, and I was like, you're wasting your breath. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, just tell me what you want me to say. Now, yeah, I, one of the things I found interesting in that article is you have to say everybody's name in the game, and that's not just the NHL. Yeah, they do this thing. It's the most dreaded part of my session. They said, okay, we're going to do a little phone book. Uh huh. And so the phone book is basically that. It's a list of players' names right in front of me, and I have to have to say them. Yeah, just. But I can't just go Smith, Jones, Thomas. Yeah, I, I have to have a phrase for each of them because otherwise, my voice gets clipped at the end of the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So I'll say the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah, like I'll. And so what I say is, has the puck. And so just imagine saying 200 times. Has the puck. Thomas has the puck. Smith has the puck. Jones has the puck. Crosby has the puck. Malkin has the puck. I I go through the 200 of them. By the end of it, it's like your mouth is numb. (laughs) And you're like, I don't even know what the hell I'm saying anymore. (laughs) Right, right, right. It's the same verse, but I'm saying it all over and over and over again. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, it's it seems like uh it seems like a pretty cool like it doesn't seem like fun doing the, the gig, but at the end of the, the end result seems fun where you you're in a video game. That seems cool. Oh you know what awesome. I mean? Yeah. It yeah. really is. And the thing is like anything I guess you do, um the job's the job, but the people make it yeah. good. The people you work with. And so the guys that I work with, like, you know, I don't know a bunch of people at EA Sports. I know the five guys I work with. Sure. They're awesome. And a few of them have changed over the years. They've gone on to different projects at EA. Um, but the guys I work with, I, I really get a great kick out of them. Yeah. Like, one of the guys is a huge, like you, Maple Leaf fan. Oh, sounds like a good guy. And so yeah. I love I love needling him whenever the Leafs are yeah. in a bad spot. A couple of years ago... Oh my God! It was a field day. Yeah, he was it, it couldn't it. have right. been any better. Right, right, say, right. Don't you see any hope? I'm like, there is no hope. You guys have no hope. <laughs> and it was but now one of the guys somehow. Well, he's a Canucks fan. He lives in Vancouver, yeah. but he's also a Florida Panther fan. Oh boy, oh boy. And so yeah. I'm like, that 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 to me is fertile ground for right. an argument, just yeah. because. And so it's really fun to. You know, we go for lunch, and yeah, yeah. we basically just talk about hockey. We don't talk about anything else. And, and I've really enjoyed getting to know these guys. And, and you know, I've got I've done two, um, uh, two five-hour sessions yep. in the last, well, since I came back from Korea uh, for the Olympics. i got one more to do, and I'm just, uh, you know, just we're just trying to hammer down that last date. Yep. Yeah, I know. It sounds, sounds awesome. By the way, uh, when I did play a lot of NHL games, the uh, your Islander teams were good to play with. Uh, Steve Thomas had a shot. Benoit Hogue was fast. You were good. Yeah. Um, Turgeon was yeah. It was uh, it was a good team of uh, the skill of the of each guy was made made for a good team. Well, selection. we uh, we uh, that team was a lot of fun. Like I'm, I'm, yeah. you know, for video game aside, yeah. 
uh, Chris Cuthbert, who I, uh, of course, do a lot of games with at TSN, he said that we were like a senior league team. Like, you just – because the team was just – everybody was ripping on everybody. Yeah, yeah. It was so much fun. Like, right. I played on a line with Benny Hogue and yep. uh, him and Pat Flatley, and we would argue on the bench. Now, this goes back to that topic before. Right. And so Flats, Pat Flatley was as intense a person as I've ever played with. And I'm pretty intense. Yeah, yeah. So there'd be times on the bench, Hoagie would be sitting between us, and, uh, and Flats and I would get into an argument. And he would say, you know, he'd say something like, well, you know, put the puck in, in kind of talk like, put the puck on my effing stick. Right. And I'd, and I'd be <laughs> mad, and I'd go, well, if you could keep up, I could put it on your stick. Well, can get going right. and catch up, and Hoagie'd be in the middle. We'd be arguing over over the top of him. And Hoagie would go, would you two guys just shut the F off? Got enough of you guys. And so we'd all be arguing on the bench, and Al Arbor would come down and say, that's enough. Like, I don't know, like, like your dad, right? Right, right, So right. we'd all kind of just stop. And, Seagull. But, like, that's, kind of, that's kind of how our team worked. Right. You know, it's, yeah, yeah. Hey, Siegel, that's enough. Yeah, oh, yeah. He's oftentimes uh, uh, more than that. <laughs> Paul Pocky podcast with Ray Ferraro. Uh, with such a limited time to waste. Uh, it was such a limited time to enjoy your watercraft. Don't waste any of it. I'm mean, it's fantastic. Don't waste any of it worrying about how to protect your property in the event of an accident or a theft. Let Wyatt Dowling ensure you are properly covered. All points marine uh, protection, uh, uninsured, uninsured motorist coverage, water ski, waterboard liability, uh, allpointsinsurance.ca. Uh, please check them out if you're in Canada and uh, protect your watercraft. And we thank those guys for uh, making this show happen. And uh, all right, to wrap up, Ray, got a couple more things, and we'll take some qu- Twitter questions as well. Uh, first up, I guess uh, talking about the athletic man, I find myself going there more and more for 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 hockey coverage, for baseball coverage. Really enjoying the the roster of writers they have. Of course, Elliot Friedman for me, Thirty One Thoughts is is great as well. But what do you like reading, Ray? Who do you like reading? Oh, I'm. I mean, I am an athletic uh, subscriber. I I think what they've done is really interesting, really creative. It's well backed, uh, which gave them some financial might to go out and hire all these guys because it's nice to get everybody in the right place. But I assume everybody likes to get paid for their work too, and so you know, it's a it was certainly a different concept. But what I like is the, um, you know, the variants of the articles that, that mm-hmm. go in there. Like, yeah. I, I, I was a big Sports Illustrated guy in the day. And what I liked about them, Steve, was not the recaps of the game, mm-hmm. but the longer pieces about a, a person, about a player, about, like, I, I like those. And you get, you get them with, with a, a site like The Athletic, um, you, get, you get those. Now, I also read, uh, whenever I can grab some kind of article by Wright Thompson, Yep. oh my God, he's astounding. I think he does uh, amazing work. And then through Twitter, you see, you know, guys will retweet something and you get yourself hooked into an article of a writer you don't even really know. So that's what I like Twitter for, um, Aside from arguing with people, I guess, but right, right, if, right. if you find these this stuff that you wouldn't know was out there, like I just re- read an amazing, really long piece about this older couple from Michigan, and the guy was a numbers whiz, and he figured out 
not to cheat, but how to game the Michigan lottery. Yeah, I saw this. I saw this. Yeah. Oh my gosh! It's I didn't read it. Article. Yeah. The guy. The guy before they, it all got shut down, he made millions of dollars. But it was work. He, it became yeah. his job when he retired. It became his job. And so I just I find stuff like that fascinating. I don't I don't have to read and don't want to read all about hockey. Yeah. I I I love I love the the stuff that's a little different. I oh. just finished a book. Uh, called Conspiracy, um, which uh, was about the, you remember Gawker Media? Yeah, 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 with uh, yeah. the Hulk so Hogan thing and all that, yep. Yeah, it was about the Hulk Hogan and Peter Thiel who had bankrolled Hogan's trial mm-hmm. because it was a, yep. basically a revenge trial, and but it was about a conspiracy and what happens in a conspiracy. And what I found was at the beginning what I thought were the bunch of the good guys I wasn't so sure by the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And but I like so that has nothing to do with anything uh, about sport. But yep. I just found it to be fascinating. Mm-hmm. So I, I've always been kind of a curious reader. And so not just sports, but yep. you know, like if I'm if I'm reading uh, like in Canada, I, I would say my my favorite writer is Bruce Arthur, and uh, Bruce is a national columnist. I, mm-hmm. I think he's brilliant, and he writes about various different angles. His latest article I saw was on Roberto Luongo, was was terrific. But he would be he would yeah. be one guy single out out of many that I yeah. enjoy reading. Um, Richard Deitch has lots of articles. He's at the athletic, athletic now, too. And uh, in his sort of weekly media report, he brings up um, great stories from all over the web, non-sporting and sporting ones. And it's great. And that's where I saw that lottery one from him. And um, I the guy was at, worked at the cereal manufacturer or something, right? Uh, at one point, yeah, and yeah, they, yeah. It, they retired from that. Him and his wife, okay. and they bought a small corner store. And what he noticed was when they put a lottery terminal in there, that gee, people were starting to play a lot. And he was like, "Oh, that's kind of interesting." And then they had this one lottery game, mm-hmm. and yeah. he was looking at the numbers, and somehow it jogged in his mind, "Hey, I think I can figure out. I think I know what's going on here." I think I can. <laughs> So like you know, like yeah. I look at the numbers and I'm yeah, like it's yeah. a whole bunch of numbers and you know because it's a sucker's game the lottery, but he found a way to make it like a business. Yeah, uh, cool. Um, and he brought other people into their like they had a group of investors. You know, like oh, it was it was yeah. wild. It, it's it's well worth the read. Um, Eric Duhatschuk also always enjoyed reading. Oh, yeah, yeah, yep, always enjoyed. He's Hall of Famer, legendary. Yep. Um, Legendary opera. Um, yeah. And uh, now, now he's retired, and I'm sad he's retired. But uh, in Canada, there was uh, uh, a writer, Cam Cole. Yep. And Cam was Cam was an outstanding retired, uh, an outstanding writer. Now, since he's retired, all he does is play golf. <laughs> Tell everybody that he that he can't hit the ball very far, and then he just beats you. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Makes fun of it. Yeah, I find myself going to the athletic more and more, man, for sure. Uh, some uh, some really good stuff, and, and like you said, um, interesting non-sports stuff as well. I bought the book uh, just the other day. I bought. I finally broke down and bought the book the the, the movie Casino was based on. So I'm going to read that. Oh, I want to see. I want to see how close the movie was. I just found that whole era fascinating. So I'm going to I'm going to read that. Um, yeah, I, I, again, like it, the ones that are fun for me are ones that I don't really know too much about going yeah, in. Yeah. And then you just kind of go, oh, 
I've, I've said on here, I'm sure before, my favorite sports book is Ball Four. Yep. Um, well, you know that would you know some of my other ones. I read this this really cool book called Shantaram. Is a, an amazing story about this guy that escaped uh, jail in in Australia and basically lived in India for I don't know for 20 years and it's really like his stories are just astounding and uh, I I always love that the other one if you like it kind of a sporting book mm-hmm. it's called The Power of One and it's an older book now uh, it's I think it's brilliant it's by an author author named Bryce Courtney. But it's called the power of one, and um, that pretty well wraps up Ray's literary uh, yeah. recommendation. But I'm serious; those two <laughs> books, yep. "Chance Around" and "The Power of One," yep. are phenomenal reads. All right, we'll check into it. Speaking of Ball Four, we'll take some Twitter questions before we wrap up on the show. Speaking of Ball Four, Steve <laughs> Luss, he says he read Ball Four on your recommendation, right? And he loved it. Um, how close was the book to your experiences in the '80s? Um, we had. We never made anywhere near as much money as the players today, but I'm convinced we had more fun. Yeah, because it was less um, of a spotlight? It was less of oh, a... Oh, yeah. you could do anything. Nobody knew where you were. You could do kind of whatever you want. Right. Um, there, you know, there was there was less rules about everything. Yep. Put it that way. So um, while we weren't as, you know, crazy as some of the Yankee stories are... Uh, uh, from ball four, and then also the way that uh, you know some of the Seattle pilots were. Um, there, there was, there were, there were some strange places right, that right. people people got to um, in yeah. the eighties. Um, he follows up with a question: Was uh, did you have any teammates who didn't like how willing you were to talk to the media? Yep, absolutely. Really? Huh? Um, yeah. Oh yeah, I would. Uh, Every once in a while, somebody would make a comment. Well, why don't you go out there and talk for us again, or oh, you know, really? stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. And but it didn't bother me because I just thought they were being an asshole. Right. <laughs> I'm like, man, the guy wants to ask a question, and you can't stand here for thirty seconds and answer it. Right. Right. Like I just found that bogus. And then what ended up happening was you start talking to these guys, and you realize, oh, they're just there doing their job anyway. They're not trying to be a pain in your ass. Yeah. They're just yeah. trying to do their job. Then you find out one guy's a Yankee fan, and you go, man, I hate the Yankees. I like the Red Sox. Well, now we're talking about the Red Sox. Right, right. Like they're just guys. Yeah. It, right? They're just guys, men and women, doing their job. It goes back, to, yeah, it goes back to when we were talking about Al Montoya not, not giving the media any, any quotes on game day. Like, you know, see, I'm, the crazy part about yeah. that, and, I know, and nobody, unfortunately, has the benefit of looking back at your younger self. Everybody writes these things for the Players' Tribune, a letter to my younger self. Yeah. But you'd think if you read enough of them, you would go, oh, since I am my younger self here, why don't I enjoy a little bit of what's going on? Like, pretty soon, nobody's going to interview Al Montoya. Nobody will care. Nope. Because once you retire, there's nobody running around to interview you. If you read this piece by Roberto Luongo, I was just telling you about Bruce Arthur wrote it. In the article, he talks about... One of his great regrets is how he handled the Stanley Cup in 2011. Oh, really? Not that they yeah. lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, not that they lost. Yeah. Somebody's going to win. Somebody's going to lose. Yeah. But remember, he got tied up with Tim Thomas. Yeah. Who said what? Pump up my tires like he, and he, all that. Yeah. Yeah. He yep. said. Uh, he said it, it. His quote is, "It pisses me off how I handled that." Yeah. 
And so my advice would be to everyone, enjoy it. You don't have to be the most quotable guy, but just have have a lighter view of it, you know? And, and then, because it's a five-minute interview scrum, and then you're out, you can enjoy the rest of your day anyway. Yeah, no, for sure. Like, I wish, I said when I retired, Steve, and I, I guess, you know, when I speak to people or groups, I, I talk about, I don't want my whole NHL career back. I just want the days back where I was a grump ass, <laughs> where I thought the coach was a moron, right. and I hated practice, and all, oh, what a crappy travel day, and Look, there are days that are like that, but really, did I? Did it need to ruin the rest of my day? Yeah, no, it didn't. Yeah, yeah, it no. didn't. Like, okay, so the flight sucked. The flight was late. Yep. All right, so have a, yeah. have a sandwich and relax and do something else. I, I don't know, but it was. It didn't need to be how I was wound so tight. It took me a long time to unwind it. So I don't want it all back. Yeah, I just would like those days back. Well said. Well, well said. Um, I, I I interview guys now in my real job covering this sport, and I got guys who are just like I got no comment, and I'm like, really, really? Like you you you, just, you don't want to talk about that? Like it's just mind blowing, you know? Um, well, I think there's a self importance to it all. Yeah, I agree absolutely. And and some guys are just like that. Now, it'll never change, and guys are scared of saying too much and. But in most cases, nobody says too much. I mean, that's not really a legitimate fear. But can you honestly ever, when it, and this is sort of goes to sports, if you just if you're honest and you show some emotion and you give a reasonable point of view, how can, does it ever get you in trouble? Not really. Uh, well, I'll you know? I'll give you one example where it can. Okay. Um, <laughs> so my first year, um, you know, <laughs> this is when you ask, you know, did the guys ever get angry with? Me? Yeah. Um, we're we're playing the Islanders. And the Islanders are just at the end of their fabulous run, you know, Trotche, Bossy, Gillies, yep. Potvin, we're on their power play, right? And we're playing us guys. We're a bunch of 20-year-olds. We're like, yeah, it's the Islanders. Well, we had a bunch of older guys as well, but there was quite a few younger guys yeah. on, on our team. So um, after the game, uh, you know, they, the reporters came to me and asked, uh, you know, where I thought we were in comparison to this, you know, this great Islander yeah. team. And I said, well, if you look at their older guys, and, you know, like how are we going to compete against the experience of those guys? They have, you know, four Stanley Cups. And yeah. how can we compete? I said, but you take our younger guys, and I think we're better than them. And and, I, and it wasn't a ludicrous <laughs> statement. Yeah. However, the older guys didn't find it anywhere near as it's just... uh, enlightening as I might have thought at the time. <laughs> Sure. And so when I yeah. came when I came back to practice the next day, you know, because everybody would have read it in the morning in the paper, uh-huh. there was a big black uh, taped X in front of my stall, oh. and I'm like, "What? The, right? What is going on here?" And uh, so nobody says anything. And then after a while, somebody goes, "Hey, hey, Big Mouth, uh, are the young guys going to carry us to the playoffs?" Or and I'm like, "Uh oh, oh yeah, I got a problem." So then after practice, we come in, and um, there's a training table out in the middle of the room, which only meant one thing back in the day, and that was somebody was getting shaved. And that was going to be me that day. Oh, that's so, so, that's so dumb. That's dumb. It is, but that's the way life was then. Ugh. And so, so, there you go. So from yep. right below my neck down, 
I didn't have, uh, they shaved half my mustache. <laughs> and, um, and from below my neck down, I didn't have a whole lot of body hair left. Oh, that is. So, yeah, it's so stupid. But so at the time, dumb. you're like, ah, oh, man. Right, right. Um, all right, a couple more. Uh, from Mike Dolphin. The trapezoid, does it work? Is it backwards? Is it time to remove it? What's your feelings on the trapezoid? Are we? Well, I always, I've always thought it's backwards. Yep. Uh, I think it's too big, and I think it's backwards. So what I would do is make it smaller, and the goalie cannot go into the trapezoid. Yeah. So if he wants to go up to the corner to play the puck to help his team, sure, go ahead. Yeah. If you're a good enough because skater, what? yeah, go ahead. Right. Yeah, go help him because he's going to turn it over just as much as he's not. Sure. Um, the se- the second part to that is you would be able to dump the puck in from behind. You're, say, outside the blue line, and the goalie wouldn't be able to get behind the net to stop it. Yep. So you could actually pass the puck all the way around to the other side. Yeah. Yeah. So I think huh? I think it's backwards. Yeah, it's it's uh, I like that. I never. And again, if you if you're a good enough puck handler as a goalie and you're a good enough skater to get out there, then good on you. You know, but but, but yeah. even if you are, you're still going to turn it over. Yes. A lot. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I like that. And goalies are not going to. You know, goalies are not going to be too brave to get out there because if you get caught, yep. you're screwed. Yep. Right? It's in the net. Yep. No, I like it. I like it. Uh, Chris Vancher says, uh, in a non-playoff year, or I, I think this could apply to any time, has Ray ever helped a teammate uh, or have a teammate help him to reach a bonus payout? There's lots of stories about this kind of stuff. Well, uh, I'll give you one story um, to, to that point. Was We were out of the playoffs that first year I was telling you about in Long Island, the 91-92 season. And um, I needed one goal for 40. Um, Derek King needed one goal for 30. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so we're in, you know, everybody's in the bonus hunt. And so, because there were bonuses back then. Right now, there's no bonuses, by the way. So it does, it's not applicable anymore. You can't, nobody gets a 30-goal bonus anymore. So guys were very aware that Kinger was one short and I was one short. What we weren't aware of was Steve Thomas had 26 goals. And somebody figured it out when he got his second. Hey, Stumpy only needs two more. Uh-huh. And so for the third period, everybody spent the period trying to pass the puck to Thomas. And uh, Stumpy got two goals. He scored four of that. He got him. He got it. Yeah. Yeah. So he got his 30 goal bonus. King got his 30 goal bonus. I got my 40. And uh, so the Islanders had to pay a bunch of bonus money on the last day of the season to guys that weren't going to the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Not not happy. Noodles has a great story about. Demetra or something in an empty net. Yeah, I was I was playing in that game. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, I was on the other side, and so Pavel Demetra and Scott Young both had bonuses: Young for goals and Demetra for points. Yep. And they got a a breakout, and we pulled the goalie, and Demetra had it, and he passed it to Young, and we knew on LA, we knew that these guys for the Blues had these bonuses. Yeah, yeah. And so Young goes to slide it into the empty, empty net. <laughs> And out of nowhere comes Jaroslav Modry. That's it, right. And blocks a great block. <laughs> and everybody's like, no! And he uh, had no idea, right? He just got called up from the minors. And so, right. you know, they, they fell short. Now, the Blues, as it turned out, apparently paid them half of their bonuses, which was incredibly classy of them to do. Right, right. That's yeah, a good story. Uh, 
but from uh, KP Bruss on the bench, Ray, stick with blade up or stick blade down. Oh, blade down. Okay. Always straight, but always. Um, I didn't want my the knob of my stick getting dirty and getting that crap into my hands. Um. All right, Caspi said uh, as the Trail Smoke Eaters get set to play Game Seven, but they won. So this was a few they days won ago. Game Seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard they announced thirty one hundred in the building. Um, apparently, it's just kind of like old time. I think the fire marshal was in there, and <laughs> there was probably close to thirty five or thirty six hundred in yeah, there. Yeah, and that that would have been amazing. Like what a what a cool thing. And for those, I think people forget for a lot of these kids, this may be, uh, you know, they might go to college. Maybe they won't like this. That might've been the most exciting night of hockey they'll ever have. And so I, I think it's awesome. I'm so happy to see them win. Uh, Dale Hunter's helmet asks Cooper all too ahead of its time or the worst idea ever. Cooper. Um, <laughs> Must not, not, it's not I, ahead of its time, I don't think. It's not ahead of its time, no. <laughs> no. I don't know what it was, but I wore them the year that I got 108 goals, so I would wear them again. Yeah. Didn't you say you slid? They were really they just slid. Oh, slid, you slid. hit the ice. Yeah. The ice was fresh. You right. were like on a toboggan. Um, all right, we got one from Big Nasty, uh, 604. Does the colander really have that great of food? Wow. Wow. Well, apparently Big Nasty, 604. So if he's a 604 area code, that means he's got a 250 area no, code, no. which is where trail is, right. which means he's probably not be there. So I would say Big Nasty needs to get himself to trail do we, and try it. Do we block him? Is that worth a block? Oh, no, no. no I, okay. I want him, if he's got the question coming in, right. I want him to go and report back to me because he won't be disappointed. Um, from Todd, uh, they always talk about Quebec getting a future NHL team. Do you ever see other Canadian cities being considered, including a second team in Toronto? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, the second team in Toronto, I think, works. Oh, absolutely, um, right? Yeah. Uh, but but there are complications to it. I mean, there isn't a building. That's number one. I guess you could share the ACC, but that doesn't really seem like it would happen. Um, you would have to, I would assume, pay something to the Leafs for infringing a little bit into their territory. You can't just, it's not like Starbucks. You can, or, uh, you know, like a yeah. store, you can't open up another store right next to the other one. I guess Starbucks does that. All they the they time, actually kind of, yeah, they kind of yeah, do. Yeah, they kind of do. Right. That's why I took it back. Um, so the complications to that, that's the only place I could see another team in Canada. Uh, from Jeff. I, I don't see, yeah. I don't see Quebec. Um, I, I just don't. I see Quebec being relocation, just like Winnipeg. If it gets back, yeah, but it, but they're know. not going to put a team in there um, with an uncertain political climate, and they're not going to put a team in there unless they know that the revenues are there. Because the last thing they want to do is move one team that collects from the NHL revenue sharing program yeah. and have it move to another city that's going to collect from the revenue share. Yeah. So that it's it's more than oh yeah, Quebec's a great city, man. We loved going there. It was a great place. The yeah. Nordiques were fantastic. But I, I don't. I don't think it's that, that simple or straightforward. Uh, Jeff says, are you ever in a bad mood at the end of the day in your broadcast job? And what happens in broadcasting that would put you in a bad mood? Uh, rarely. Um, what would put me in a bad mood is if I think I had a bad night. Like, you know, I yeah. wasn't sharp or I kind of stumbled over my words or I talked over a goal. or I take what I do seriously. And, I mean, I, I know I'm 
sure some people think, well, it's so easy. Why don't you just, you know, yeah. or, you know, like, but I want to do it right. I want to, I want to, it's just the way I'm wired. And so that does, you know, if I, if I have a bad night, I'm, I'm not particularly happy. I will say this though. It's far easier to get past a bad night in broadcasting than it is when you're playing. <laughs> yeah, really, right? Uh, just Danky says, can you put a, he's ever got a request to mix in a chum in the EA game or a pal. Uh, I could do that. Right. I could do that. I, I think I think I can do that. I uh, my kids asked me to uh, uh, Riley and Reese, my eleven and eight year olds asked me to uh, uh, to work in a top bins, which is a soccer term. Okay. And so uh, so I worked that in last time, so that'll pop up at somewhere nice, in there. And nice. I could get a chum or a pal in there. Yeah, for they sure. would like that. Uh, Matt says, "Are you happy about the uh, Professional Hockey Writers Association making the votes public? Are there any major downsides in doing so?" I think we I think we 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 see that you're happy about it. Uh, I don't care. Yeah. I mean, I, if people ever ask me who I voted for, I I always tell them. Um, uh, here here's a here's an example of why it can be uh, you know confrontational, I guess, at times if you don't tell people who you voted for, Evgeny Malkin somehow was left out of the top 100 players yep. uh, when they voted at the start of the year. Now, I'm not sure people understand that there were hundreds of voters and it becomes a, you know, a, a, a collection of votes and that's how they select the players. Um, they weren't ranked 1 to 100. They were listed alphabetically. Well, I voted for Malkin. I don't know what anybody else does. Yep. I'm sure I, I think I had... 87 of the 100, I think. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. I never, 80, yeah maybe, 80, we, maybe 84. We talked about this. I think it was somewhere around there. Yeah, you, you'd mentioned Yeah, so, yeah. but my point is, had the list been public, then I wouldn't have got a pile of tweets of what a jackass I was. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Now, the, the problem that's going to happen is, like, for example, the Hart Trophy. You're going to get your five guys out there. You know, your ballots are going to be public. And... People are going to be angry because they left you left their favorite player off the ballot. Yeah. Now, like the Hart Trophy is the is the one for sure this year, and there are going to people there are going to be people that are going to lose their mind because a player from their team is not on the on the ballot. But you can only have five on there. Now, if somebody puts, um, uh, I don't know. A fourth line player on their ballot, then everyone's going to know the guy that yeah. watch the game. And, That's the downside. And he deserves. Yeah. He, no, he deserves to get. It. Yeah. He shouldn't be voting. No. But if you don't have McDavid first, second, third, you have him fourth or fifth, or some guys won't even have him on their ballot because to them most valuable means you have to get into the playoffs. Um, I don't believe that, by the way. Yeah. No, but, you've said that. Yeah. Um, if if that's I mean, there's there's ten candidates this yep. year, ten legit candidates. Somebody's going to be mad. Well, then we just have to take the heat, I guess. And the the thing is, some people are so irrational in their thought of who. If they think that guy should be on the ballot, they think you're a complete idiot if you don't put them on. Yeah, I just that's going to happen. I want to see you know because they, 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 they released the end of the year votes forever. They've released who got votes, you know, and how many points they got. Yeah. And I want to see the who voted for because some of those guys at the bottom of the list, you're just like really, 
Like I, yeah. I, I want to see who voted for, you know, Kadri. I think Kadri was got a heart tro- trophy vote a few years ago, um, or something. He got something. It's just like well, I know the, the baseball Hall of Fame writers say yeah. they release the votes, and you see some guy got four votes, and you're like, yeah, how the hell could he get four votes? Yeah, exactly. Like that means somebody spoiled the ballot put one of their buddies on. Yeah, it, it, that's ridiculous. All right, last question before we wrap here from Tony. When they close the chapter of Ray Ferraro, what is he most proud of in his in his life in hockey? So hockey, yeah. hockey related, you know, things that you would be proud of. Um, 88th all time. That's one. Yeah, you, you know what? I, I will say what I'm most proud of is when I retired, um, when I was walking down the hall in Joe Lewis Arena after we had been eliminated, I was with St. Louis, uh-huh. and Matt and Landon were waiting for me. They were 13 and 10 at the time. And as I was walking down, it, it hit me pretty heavy that, you know, I was never going to make this yeah. this trip again. This was it. And I, I felt this satisfaction of I gave everything that I had. Like, I, I had nothing else to yeah. give. My, yeah. my knees were done, shot. Um, I'm a little guy playing, you know, a big guy's game, and I played it for 18 years. And so what I'm most proud of is I, I think that I I gave everything that I had. Oh, yeah, I think that's that's the ultimate, right? Never mind stats, never mind titles. You left everything, you know, you gave everything you had. And, and yeah, that- I, I, can't, I can't think of a time when – you know, I went. Gee, I, I wish I would have worked harder. I wish I would have prepared more. I wish I, um, you know, that never was me. I wish I would have been more successful. I wish I would have won a Stanley Cup. But mm-hmm. like, that's you know, I wish I would have had five hundred goals. Right. I had four hundred. Right. So I, I guess I look at it and I, I have satisfaction in that. And then to be able, since the age of five, I've done nothing but play hockey. And now broadcasting. Like yeah. my dream Pretty was cool. to play. I dreamed of that, and then I got to live it. And then it's over. And somebody says, "Hey, we want to talk about it." <laughs> right? Exactly. Sure. Right? Do I? Right? Like, like, yeah. How how lucky or fortunate am I? Yeah. And so I I don't I don't ever take that for granted. Well, you do wish you hadn't said that you were better than the Islanders. Maybe that was it. But <laughs> that that was it. Well, I was going to get shaved anyway. So right. okay. I, I think I probably just speeded up the process. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well said. Way to uh, way to end the show, and I couldn't agree more. Yeah, exactly. So many guys have troubles when they retire. So many guys don't know what to what to do. So many guys go through issues, and instead, you're like, yeah, I'll talk about hockey. Cool, sweet. Thank you. Yeah, lucky, lucky, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well said. Well, uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Greatly appreciate it. Uh, Tell a friend. uh, Review us on iTunes, Stitcher, PaulPocky.com, all of that. Um, We'll be here each and every week. Playoffs are ramping up. We'll get race predictions once the the, the field is settled. And, uh, yeah, thanks uh, thanks for listening. And thank you, Ray. Yeah, you betcha, Steve. Everybody, thanks for for plugging up another one. Uh, Let us know what you think. Keep the questions coming. Fire review in, and uh, we'll catch you next Wednesday.